we thank God for the day, and we want to say happy Sabbath to you all. We thank God for allowing us to be together on this fine afternoon. We thank him for allowing us to be able to be with our brothers and sisters all over this country and even all over this world via the broadcast and the conference line. And we want to welcome you all to this service this morning here at Remnant Seed Ministries. We ask that you all would join us at this time for a word of prayer so we can ask God's Holy Spirit to be with us, to be our leader, our teacher, and to open up our minds and our hearts to receive what thus saith the Lord. So let's have a word of prayer at this time, please. Most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, again, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, we come. We come to your throne of mercy and grace this morning to say thank you for what you've already done, the words you've already shared with us. Lord, we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. And we ask that that spirit would remain with us throughout this service today. Lord, that it would teach us, it would lead us, it would guide us, Father, so we may learn more and more of you. Father, we pray for those all over the world who are bowed down at this time. Lord, honoring you as the only true and living God, we ask that you would bless them with your presence as well. Give your ministers the power of your spirit so they may speak and your people may hear and obey. And Lord, we ask that you would remember those that are under persecution for your name's sake this morning. Father, those who refuse to give in and give up, but hold fast to your word, Lord, we ask that you give them strength and courage today, Father. For it is not a popular thing to hold on to the truth now around this world, and we ask that you would help them to hold on throughout. Father, for this one day may soon be our testimony. Help us today is our prayer, and in the name of Jesus we ask it. Amen. Amen. Once again, happy Sabbath. We are missing a few people today, and, and, and some people legitimately, some people just had a child, so I don't think they need to be here today. Uh, and uh, we thank God for them. We thank God for the blessing of birth. We thank him for those who are here with us this morning and, and those who are on the way that are on the line listening as they travel in to church service today. We want to thank God for you all as well. And we want to look at something today. Last week, we had talked about um, being the elect and how we should not be deceived by what's going on around this world today. And what you're finding out is that the, 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 uh, the entities are coming together. And they're coming together against people who believe in a thus saith the Lord. Now, when you think about it, how, how could this be? How could the whole world agree on something? Well, the whole world has wandered after the beast, but there's going to be a remnant. There's going to be a few people that are going to stand up and worship the Lord no matter what the circumstance. And, and he said, I want you to tell them today, let your light shine. No matter how big or small, let your life shine, your light shine. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 60 today to begin. Let your light shine. He said, because... This is where he is going to be seen in these last days is through you. Amen. Through you. Now, I know that could be a little nerve-wracking. It could be a little scary. But he said, I never called the large denominations to do anything. He said, I didn't pick Israel because they were more in number. He said, I've chosen a people who will hear my voice and obey. And this is where the light is going to be. And let's go to the 60th chapter of Isaiah and begin at verse 1. We're in Isaiah 60, and we're going to begin at verse 1. It says, Arise, shine, 
for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of what? Thy rising. He said, we are living in a time of not just darkness, but he called it what? Gross darkness. I mean, that the understanding of the word of the Lord has been put aside for the, the luxuries or the, the, the sorceries, we would even call them, of the world. They've been put aside. No one believes in a thus saith the Lord anymore. And you can't go to, to, to places where you think you can go to hear thus saith the Lord. Because it's not about what God says. It's about what I want God to say. Isn't that a big difference? We want God to tell us what we want to hear. God says, I am your creator. I'll tell you what you need to know. And this is why, this is why the, he, he established a church here on earth that people could come and hear, thus saith the Lord. But the world has been very busy over the last 2,000 years. They have caused people to go astray. They've caused people to even question if God really exists. And now here we are in the time of gross darkness, and we have to shine as a light. Now, go to, if you would go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Jesus makes a statement. He described it in Isaiah, but he made a statement here in the book of Matthew 5 that we need to pay attention to because he classifies this group of people as light. Now let's look at this. We're in Matthew chapter 5, and if you would, let's begin at verse 14. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. He says, ye are what? The light of the world. That's, that's comforting, isn't it? It's very dangerous to be the light of the world in a gross, dark world. He said, a city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. He said, look, I'm going to take you all and put you on what? On this hill because I, you're going to be my light. He said, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your what? Good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now let's, let's look at this. He said the reason you're the light and the, 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 the reason for your works is to glorify your Father in heaven. Amen? Amen? It is never to glorify you. Amen. He said I didn't give you light to put light upon you so you can be the light for your, yourself and your glory and all that kind of stuff. He said, the only reason you have this is so you can glorify the Father which is in heaven. We okay with that? Amen. Is that okay with us? If we are the light of the world, but the job of, of light bearers are to glorify the Father in heaven and not glorify ourselves? Amen? We okay with that? Amen. Well, we're going to keep moving because this is our job. He said, look, I didn't want you to be the light. I didn't give you this so you won't tell nobody. You know, well, we got all this knowledge. We're just going to hide and talk amongst ourselves. He said, you're the light of the world, not the light of your church, not the light of the block, not the light of your closet. You're the light of the world. He said, I'm going to put you in a place where the whole world can see you. Uh-huh. I told you you're going to get a little nervous. Because when that light shines through you, you're going to have to be walking in that light. That light's going to have to be real to you. 
And that's the only way we can effectively teach this last message that God would have us to teach. But he said, I want you to do this. And he said in verse, uh, I'm sorry, let's go to 1 Peter. He calls us something. He said, you're the light of the world. He said, the reason you're the light, this is the purpose, is to glorify the Father which art in heaven. But in 1 Peter chapter 2, and he said, I want, don't want, you to, I want you to make sure you understand why you're the light. It had nothing to do with you. It had nothing to do with your goodness. It had nothing to do because you paid me money. It had nothing to do with anything like that. But in 1 Peter chapter 2, and we would read verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. That's 1 Peter chapter 2. And we begin at verse 9. It says, but ye are a what? Chosen, chosen generation. Now, if you're a chosen generation, that means somebody higher than you chose you. Amen. You didn't choose yourself. Amen? We talked about the word elect last week means chosen. He said it would be, if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. But I chose for you not to be. So, so far, we can take no credit for anything. We can't take credit for being the light, and we can't take credit for being chosen, can we? But he said, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Now, royal means kingship, right? Priesthood means what? A religion. You're religious people. You're a kingly religious people. You got that? A holy nation. Now, what's holy mean? Of God. Of God sanctified, set aside. He said, I've set you all aside for this particular light-bearing project I have in these last days. He said, you're a holy nation, a peculiar people. Look, peculiar doesn't mean odd. As, as Sister Marie was bringing out, sometimes we get in this health message and we become odd. You know, oh, well, you just can't eat that. Really? You know, we, you, you have problems with the, you know, don't be odd, be peculiar. Be different from all the evil that is in the world. That's what the peculiarness he wants us to have. Don't be evil if you're living in gross darkness. Amen? That ye may do what? Show forth the praises of him who hath called you, where? Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Are we seeing what? When I said you're the light of the world, it's his marvelous light. Amen. Matter of fact, Christ said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. So if you're the light of the world, guess what's in you? The light, which is who? Jesus. Amen? Amen. I've called, he said, I've called you out of darkness, that gross darkness we read about in Isaiah, your ignorance, when you didn't know, and the whole world is trying to, 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 to formulate something that's anti-me, he said, I've called you out of that, into my light. And you didn't have to really deserve it. I thank God for that, amen? Because none of us would deserve it. All we deserve is gross darkness. Now, if you go to 2 Corinthians, we okay so far? We know what the light is. It's Christ. He said, you're my light. You're my representatives on earth. I've called you to be a holy people, a royal priesthood. I said, but your reason I give you this light is to glorify my Father which is in heaven. And it's me and my light, and I'm the one who chose you. We okay so far? 2 Corinthians. Let's go to verse, I mean, chapter 4, 2 Corinthians. So now let's find out who did all this. 
And we're going to start in verse 6. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says, For who? For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined where? In our hearts. For what reason? To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of who? Jesus Christ. He said, I gave you Jesus so you could get this light. Amen? Amen. He said, I gave you the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. He said, that's my light. That's my light. He said, I've gave you this. He said, but seven, but ye have this treasure where? In earthen vessels. You, you have it now in you. He said, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. He said, so you'll know it's not you. I'm giving it to you. I want you to know it's not you. But I'm giving it to you. But it's not you. See, this is where the power comes from. When you know it's not you. When things happen to you and through you and you know it's not you. And you say, Lord, thank you. And then you get a little more humble when you see all these things that are happening through you and you know it's not you. Amen. You say, Lord, you did this. Thank you. I didn't deserve it. Why, are you, why did you choose me? You ever had that conversation with him? Why me of all wretches on earth? Why did you choose me? And then you get a little lower and a little lower until you get to the point where you have nothing to say. But of thus saith the Lord. Because you're so happy to be part of it. Amen. Now, one thing we must understand is this. It, he is the light. It is his light. When we start having our own light, we have problems. Go to Leviticus, if you would. See, there's something called strange fire. There's something called strange light. He said, you know, when we, God blesses us, and then we become our own light, and we start testifying of our own light, and, and, and we start saying, it is me, it is me, follow me, follow me. It's called strange fire. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 10, and we're going to see something about strange fire. Leviticus chapter 10 that's why we always have to maintain the relationship with God and understand he is the light and not us. And that the light he gives us is for the glorification of the Father. Never, ever, ever forget that. Because if he uses you, you're going to go places that people are going to bow down and say, who are you? And I said, no, nobody's going to do it. Yes, you keep humbling yourself. People are going to start glorifying you. And you're going to have to be in a position and a condition of soul that you say, no, it's the Father. Please remember that. Mm -hmm. See, most of the people have not reached that level yet. You start making a series of good decisions <laughs> in a week and things start happening. People are going to say, man, what, what, how'd you learn? How do you know that? And you have two, two options, don't you? It is my Father, which is in heaven, or, well, you know, it just came to me. You know, I, I, you know, I'm like that. We've got to be careful, people. Leviticus chapter 10. Let's go to verse 1. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron. Now, who was Aaron at this point? What was his job? He was a high priest, right? He had sons. Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein. Now, they worked in the sanctuary. Amen. They were priests as well. And put incense thereon, 
But God said, they said, and offered strange fire before the Lord. See, God had a method to light these censers. You had to get the fire from this certain place. You just couldn't get fire. Please remember that. God has a method. And he says, look, get it from here. What do you think he meant? Get it from here. They inebriated. They were drunk with the cares. They were literally drunk, but also drunk with the cares of this life. And this is what happens to us. We think that fire, as long as it's fire, we can use it. We think the spirit, as long as it's a spirit, we can use it. God says, no, my Holy Spirit you can use. That other spirit, you don't, you don't need to be dealing with that. But these brothers here brought some strange fire. Let's see what happened to them. And often strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. So was God fair and just? He told them what to do, didn't he? Now let's see what happened in verse 2. And there went out fire from the Lord and did what? Devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Was God just? Yeah. Why? Because he told them. And the reason why it's so immediate is because they were priests. They were those who were supposed to know better. And what did they do? They offered strange fire. See, they had been trained to know that God said, get the fire from here. So they had been doing this quite a while. But what happens when you get inebriated? What happens to you? You start compromising. All the things that, that you used to, 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 to hold fast to, you don't hold fast to them anymore. Why do you think there's so much alcohol on college campuses? How many, how many young men make sure that the young women get enough alcohol? Why is that? Because if there's anything that will hold, uh, uh, that's in this young lady that will hold them pure, that alcohol will take it away, won't it? Now, y'all act like y'all have never been. Okay, I'm the only one that's been through that, but let me tell you something. Don't do that. And the young men, some young men come and, and whether they, you know, they're, they're just starting out and, and, and they didn't grow up in an alcoholic house, but what they did is, you know, they, they get out, go to a party, you know, after work or something. Y'all just, you know, we're going to hang out, just go down here to whatever. Then they start experiencing this and all the things that were built into their lives by their parents, to put in their parents, and the things that they walk in the straight and narrow, those tend to fall away. The things you would never do sober, you might do how? under the influence. And this is what happened to these brothers. Matter of fact, a statue was, was put in place after this. Don't drink this stuff and come into my sanctuary. Amen? Amen. We can't drink the wine of Babylon and, and try to do God's work. We can't be drunk on the cares of this life and try to be servants of God. Right. Amen? And verse 3 said, Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is that the Lord spake, saying, I will be what? Sanctified in them that come nigh me. And before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron did what? Aaron was not allowed to mourn for his sons. That's difficult. Why? Because they disobeyed his God. His loyalty was his, to his God more than it was to his son. Now, this is when you start thinking you want to be the light of the world. That's the kind of commitment you've got to have. Nothing else gets between you and your Savior. Your mother, father, wife, 
children, uncle, aunt, boss, job, anything. So don't step out there and start, I want to be the light of the world. It takes a level of commitment you might not be ready to give. What did he say? Count the cost. Before you get on this train, before you get set on this hill, count the cost. Go to Colossians if you would. We read this earlier this morning. Colossians chapter 1. So if you're going to be the light of this world, you got to have Christ in you. Christ in you will make you leave the world alone. Your love has to be in him. It can't, it can't be anywhere else. Because where, where your heart is, your treasure is, therefore be your heart. Is that what it says? Well, your treasure must be in Jesus if you're going to be the light of the world. But he has chosen you to be the light. So it's up to you to, to accept the challenge. Amen? Now, it's Colossians chapter 1. Let's go to verse 9, if we would, and start there. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Amen? He said, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So he said, look, I need you to walk in spiritual understanding. And what will happen is you'll start walking worthy. And then you'll be, you'll be fruitful in every good work. And then because you are working, you will increase in the knowledge of God. Do you know if you never do any spiritual work, you never do any missionary work, you'll never be a Christian? Ever. Because... Part of what you learn by helping others is the knowledge of God. That's why you go to the highways and the byways. You go to the, to the kitchens. You go to the boardrooms. Wherever you go, your job is to be a missionary for who? For God. On the job. If you, somebody, you need to be helping somebody. Somebody's got a problem. You have the solution, don't you? And it's not your solution. And be prayerful before you start passing out solutions. <laughs> Say, Lord, what would you have me to say? What would you have me to do? Because, Lord, I have no idea what this person is talking about. I know I heard what they said, but you know what they are. But if you're not doing that, you're not going to grow. I often listen to prayer line. And I can tell how much people are growing and people not growing. If you have nobody to pray for, you're not helping anybody. If you have some, nobody that's, you know, I met this person. I used to be, some people used to call and say, I don't even know their name, but this person I ran into was talking about this, and Lord, we need to pray for them because they're right at that, that crossroad. The Lord, if they can just get a little push from the Holy Spirit, they'll be okay. How many times are we not having anybody to pray for? We're not active Christians. You cannot be a Christian unless you're active. Do we understand that? Yes. Unless we're doing the will of God for our fellow man, don't call yourself a Christian. Call yourself one in training. Amen? But when we get this light of the world action going on, it's going to be something else. Because I'm going to tell you, when he puts us on top of this hill, it's going to make or break you. And that's what's so fun about it. 
you're going to realize something. Either you're with him or against him. That's what's wonderful about it. I like God to put me in situations where it's black and white. That I won't, I won't be, I think I'm doing what God, no. This time, when that light shines on you, it's going to reveal everything, isn't it? And, and we thank God for that. No, don't worry about that. I want God to reveal all the foolishness in me, so why? I may confess and repent, and it'll be a brighter light for him. Anybody want to get cleaned up today? Amen. See, that's what about being a light. If the light is shining through you, it'll show all the little holes and little problems that we have. Thank God for that. Because we'll walk around and think we're okay. we say, oh, no, I, I've, I've overcome that. That means I am finished. We had not even begun, have we? Let's keep going. He said, verse 11, strengthen with all might, according to the glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light, in light, who hath delivered us from what? Again, the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, or the kingdom of light. Amen? God says, through this work, through this thing you'll be doing, I will transfer you from darkness to light, but you got to go with me on this work. you got to let me work in you, because I'm trying to take you from your present state into a place where you can be the light of the world. We okay? Now, how do you know? What's the evidence? Go to Matthew. What's the evidence that you are becoming the light? You are, you're conceding to his light. You're conceding to his way. Matthew chapter 5. We all know this one. But all before you start classifying yourself as the light, this must be your life. Matthew 5. Let's start at verse 2 if you would. Matthew chapter 5, verse 2. The Lord says, and he opened his mouth. Who is this? Jesus? And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See, now we get a description of light. The poor in spirit realize their dependency and their great need for Jesus. Not depressed. That's not what poor in spirit means. That means, Lord, I need you. I see I need you. I can't do anything without you. I'm poor in spirit. He said, yeah, but guess what? I called you blessed. Because why? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See, if you want to be light, this is, a this is a qualification. See, this is when you start building and God starts showing you what light really is. Light is being poor in spirit and realizing your dependency on him. Let's keep going. What's the first four say? Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. What are you mourning for? You're separated from God, and then you look out and you see people separated from God. You mourn. You say, Lord, I need help. Help me to help somebody else. Your spirit is broken. You say, Lord, Lord, I need, to, I need some help. Your compassion starts to build. Therefore, the light is starting to shine. Amen? Amen. Verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, some more light. What's the meek mean? See, we think meekness is weakness. Oh, submission to him, his word, his every word. Amen? Remember, God is not a buffet. 
you got to take it all. It, it, you, you can't do anything else. You can't say, well, you know how you get to a buffet. Who's been at a buffet in the last two days? Not two days, two weeks. All right. Now, there's a lot of things on the buffet. Do you eat everything on the buffet? Nope. Why? You don't want it. Get them tomatoes away from me. I don't want them tomatoes. Give me that, 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 that mushu pork. <laughs> Whatever it is. Oh, y'all know what that is, huh? <laughs> God's not like that. God said, all or nothing. You can't pick and choose what you want to do with me. Remember, we are laborers together with God. God says, I'm all in all. You got to take it all. And that's a blessing that he would even allow us that privilege. Well, Lord, you know, I, I, I don't mind doing this. I can, I, can, I can grab onto this part of your work or this part of your Bible, but that thing over there, I, you know, I ain't really feeling that. God says, well, you can't be my light. So let's keep going. He said, blessed are the meek for they should inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You ever been hungry before? Mm -hmm. Thirsty yeah. on a hot day. <laughs> you seek for something to quench your thirst, don't you? Yes. He said, I need you to seek me like that. I want you to be so hungry and thirsty for me that you just go out of your way. You'll drive 10 miles to get to me. Some people drive quite a bit more than that coming here on Sabbath. Amen? Amen. I personally drive 17 miles. So I know y'all drive. But he said, I need you to hunger like that. I need you to be thirsty like that. He said, if you do that, you'll start to be the light because you keep seeking me no matter what. He said, Lord, I can't get enough of you. I, I can't quench myself. I can't, I can't get enough. I'm going to search for you. I'm going to search through you. I'm going to, please help me. Now you see what light is. See, when you see things like this being part of your life, then you start saying, you know what? I see he's trying to make me his light. Amen? Amen. Now let's go down to verse 7. He said, blessed are they, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Huge part of life. Be merciful one to another. You need, do we need mercy? Yes. Then be merciful. Stop being judgmental. Be merciful. What does mercy mean? Hey, putting someone else's need above yours. We have so many among us that have it all. And there's so many among us that don't have anything. Where's the mercy? Where is it? Because we, we haven't learned to be light yet. But he says, I'm going to make you my light. But here are, are, are some things you'll know about being light. Some of us won't want to be these things, and we're just reading them to you today so you can make a decision. Lord, I don't want to be this light because I don't want to give up selfishness. I don't want to give up stuff. I don't want to be meek. I've been trained to be first. I'm not going to be meek. God says, okay, you have that choice. But God said, you need mercy. I suggest you be merciful. What does verse 8 say? Blessed are the pure in heart. For what? What is their reward? They shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they. Now here's when it gets rough. See, we're all good about being in the kingdom, being children of God, right? 
Oh, uh, blessed are the uh, uh, what, uh, pure in heart. They shall see God. Everybody's happy about that. Oh, yes, Lord, the reward. I'll be able to see you. I'll be in the kingdom. Everything will be great. We're going to have cookies and cake every day. Until you get to verse 10. You said you wanted to be the light of the world. This is part of being light of the world. Blessed are they which are persecuted. For what? Now, we didn't say persecuted for murdering. We didn't say persecuted for lying. You need to be persecuted for all those things. But he said, those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That doesn't sound much like the kingdom of heaven, does it? Our definition of the kingdom of heaven, God said, but blessed are you when you're persecuted. Why? Because you're the light of a world that's in gross darkness. Don't you think the world's coming at you? If you're friends with the world, you're not friends with God. And this gross darkness that's taken over now, it is, it's almost unbearable. It's almost inconceivable how God's name is going to be spoken in the next five years. And just think, he wants to use you to speak it. There's a generation, as the scriptures say, how lofty are their eyes. But there's a generation who don't even want you to speak the name. I'm not talking about the young people either. Those people in Congress order you not to speak the name Jesus. Those people at work tell you don't mention Jesus. The people at the church, now that, 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 that don't know that Jesus. They don't want the words Jesus. They want, as the brother said, the cartoon character Jesus. You know, the one that's, that looks, you know, got the long hair and the, and the eyes and, 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 and always like this. Always passing out grace. Never passing out judgment. Never instructing people in righteousness. They want a Jesus they can just pick, pick up you know, as they go through Christmas holidays. But the Jesus that we know, the Jesus in this book, is going to cause you to be persecuted. Are you ready for that? See, we think persecution comes with the tanks coming down the street. It doesn't start there. You're going to be isolated. In the days of communication like they are, if you belong to this group, you're going to be isolated. Because we're going to stand for what God says stand for. And what's going on now is starting to get out. So you're not this little bitty church anymore that no one knew about. It's starting to get out there now. And you're going to have to make a decision. Do you want to stand for Jesus as he is in this holy writ scripture? Or do you, are you going to go with the gross darkness that's out in this world? It might cost you everything. Are you willing, willing to give everything for it? Got quiet. I know. Go to 11. You think it's bad now. How about blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you? How? Falsely. For my sake. That's coming too, being the light of the world. He said, don't worry, rejoice. See, when you're the light of the world, you have the spirit to rejoice under the persecution. Amen. That's when you start knowing that you're light. Now, don't, don't, don't sit there and, and, and be saying, well, they persecute me because I'm righteous. When you let that come out of your mouth, you have not been persecuted for righteousness. You're being persecuted because you're stupid. I'm sorry, that's a bad word. Because you haven't done exactly what you should be doing. But he said, if you're persecuted 
for my sake rejoice be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you you want to be the light of the world persecution is coming but you need to be able to have enough spirit in you to rejoice in the persecution Amen. can we rejoice in persecution right now Amen. if they came in here and locked up everybody how many hymns would you be singing Oh, you know, nobody knows. <laughs> we wouldn't say, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that'll be. We'll be out here singing to the top of our lungs, and the police will be like, what in the world are all these folks? Do you know when they were burning Christians at the stake, they were singing hymns? They were rejoicing in their persecution. They said, Lord, I'm not worthy to die for you, but if that's my lot, thank you. See, we got to not go all the way to the death yet. Let's start where we are. You're being persecuted if you follow God, no matter what. People are leaving you out of things, aren't they? You don't get to go to parties anymore, do you? They don't call you anymore, do they? Nope. They don't do that. You're being persecuted, and you don't know why, and you had a nerve to get sad. Man, they don't even call me no more. Man, we used to be boys, man. Dude won't even say nothing to me now. I want you to notice something. The boys you had, you only really had sin in common. And when the sin quit, the friendship quit. You have Okay. Sister Jamil, I, I'm still the only person that went through that, but I stay. I mean... I don't do that no more. And you find out that's the only thing you had in common. But you know what? Blessed are you. And now you go to another level because God is bringing somebody else just like you to have the same experience. Y'all get together and y'all have something solid as a, 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 as a, a relationship. Amen. You're building on a foundation called Christ. And that's never going away. Amen? Amen. Go to Ephesians if you would. We're going to get you out of here. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to learn to rejoice under persecution. And be happy. Lord, I was a, a nut. Thank you for delivering me. I used to hang out and be a slave to this. I'm not a slave anymore. Thank you. Anybody ever been delivered from something? Yes. I mean, a slave. I mean, when I talk about a slave, your whole day was built around whatever this issue is. Amen. You schedule meetings around it. Well, you know, I got a 9 o'clock meeting, so I need to be high by 8. Okay, let's do something y'all do. <laughs> you might be a slave to, to lust. Well, you know, uh, after I get out of work, I got to check with her. I got to get with her. I got to get with him. I got Your whole day built around sin. Now you don't, you, you don't have that anymore in your life. Why don't you rejoice? Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 1, Ephesians chapter 5. Let's read verse 1. We're going to start at verse 1. It says, Be therefore followers of God as how? Oh, so you're not grown when you follow the Lord. Uh, we used to say, you're not growner than Jesus. <laughs> You're children. Be a child. 
Wouldn't it be fun to be a child again? I mean, think about it. Be five years old and wake up, morning. <laughs> you didn't worry about if you were going to eat. Most of you woke up in a house, an apartment. It wasn't raining on your head. And the biggest problem you had, if we going to get a toy. Or your cousin's coming over and he always tear up my stuff. That was your biggest problem. God says, return to that so I can be your father. He said, I want you to, to be followers of me as little children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become, becometh saints. See, when you are becoming the light of the world, these things cannot be in your life. You can't have a fornicating light. That way you'll be light for somebody else. But you won't be a light for Christ. Amen? Amen. He said, Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Do we know that? Mm -hmm. Then he said, let no man deceive you with vain words. Oh, how many churches have you gone, you've been to that didn't tell you this? Why? Because the person standing before you probably is that. God said, don't let no man deceive you with vain words. Don't come up with any new doctrine outside of this. Don't, don't, don't let anybody tell you it's all right. You're still going to the kingdom. God says, you have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Amen? For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. So you stop becoming the light, you stop becoming the children of God, and you become the children of disobedience. And wrath is coming upon them, but I forgot they did away with wrath, didn't they? Because we're all under grace. Just go on and continue to fornicate. Go on and be an idolater. You're under grace. Why don't you murder a few people while well, you're at it? God understands. Oh, nobody's perfect. How about you, Mr. Adulterer? Go, go home. It's all right. God, Jesus died for that. It's already taken care of. Jesus died for every sin that ever was committed. Amen? Amen. That didn't give you license to sin. It gave you grace to stop sinning. If you want to be under grace, know it that way. God, he blessed me because I didn't know. He kept me even when I did know. He said, I'm trying to get you to stop that. I'm giving you a space of time. It's called grace. But there's no judgment in the land, is it? I often think that people don't murder people because there's judgment, not from God. I know some of you would have murdered somebody already. 
If there was not a crime against murder and you were driving to work and you were allowed to carry a gun, some people wouldn't be here, would they? The only reason you don't murder is because there's a judgment, isn't it? The reason you don't bump people off the road is because you'll go to jail. So when you take away godly judgment, there's no incentive not to sin to the human nature. I don't trust people's humanity. I don't think you're going to do good for do good's sake at all. That's why you always have to keep God's mercy and his judgment together. People need to understand that. But they've taken judgment out, haven't they? Because you're all going to be raptured out of here, aren't you? <laughs> Lord, help us. God said, verse 7, be, ye, be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness. Remember we started talking about before we closed. We started to talk about gross darkness when we started. He said, these activities are called gross darkness. He said, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Oh, so to be children of light, there's a method of living. There's a way to walk in the light. You mean you just can't be that and be anything you want to be? No, you can't do it. God says, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what? We better learn what's acceptable unto the Lord real quick. Because as the light, you're going to need the Lord. You're going to need his protection. You're going to need his guidance. You're going to be, need his instruction. Don't we want that today? Yeah. Don't we want to be the light? Yeah. Now, we talked about sometimes it'll be difficult. And this is what the light does. Go to Jeremiah. Your job is light. Jeremiah 51. Your job is light. Because you're standing in the midst of gross darkness. And everything in that darkness is designed to eliminate you from the face of the earth. The devil doesn't want this light to come out any longer. He's done a masterful job, hasn't he? He has suppressed light all over the world. He has allowed this great nation who had some light in it, the United States, to openly say, we don't want the light anymore. See, when your kings and your princesses say no light, the nation says no light. We had an election the other day that was, should have been called the election of no light. That's if you believe in politics, I understand. But there's no light. Nobody is good. No, not one. But he's calling you to be that good, to stand before kings, to stand before denominations, to stand before the Sanhedrin, to stand before the general conference and say, here is the light, Lord. Jeremiah 51. See, this is what God is about to do if you accept the assignment. In, Je in Jeremiah 51, let's start at verse 20. This is so funny. He said, thou art my battle axe <laughs> and weapons of war. Sound like light to you? Oh, when you're light, this is, this is what's going to happen to you. But he said, you're my battle axe. Anybody ever swung an axe before? Who has more power, the person swinging or the axe? The axe never asked you a question, did it? The axe never asked, what tree are we going to cut down today? Or, no, that's a hickory tree. That's too hard. Let's go mess with these pines over here. They're kind of soft wood. The axe never says that. So if you're the battle axe, 
What do you have to say about it? Nothing. He said, you're my battle axe and weapons of war. For with thee will I break in pieces nations. Hey, if you don't have a big picture of God, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong room. He said, I'm sending you after nations. We all right? Oh, no, no, that's too big. Well, go find a little God. I, you know, God is a big God. You're lucky he didn't say, with you, I'm going to battle planets and galaxies. See, he can do that too. But he said, see, I'll start you out at nations. He said, I will destroy kingdoms. And with thee will I break in pieces the horse and his rider. And with thee will I break in pieces the chariot and his rider. With thee also will I break in pieces man and woman. And with thee will I break in pieces old and young. And with thee will I break in pieces the young man and his maid. I will also break in pieces with thee the shepherd, uh-oh, and his flock. Why? Because you're the light. And that light is going to separate the darkness. And he said, I will break in... And, and I, with thee will I break in pieces the husbandman and his yoke of oxen. And with thee will I break in pieces captains and rulers. He said, you are my light. I'm going to do this. And you're going to work for me. And this is your job. I'm going to show the world who I am through you. Amen. If you're not ready for it, stand on the sideline until you get ready. Amen? Amen. It's a time for preparation. There's always practice time. Right? There's two a days in, in, in August. Isn't that right, Brother Nelson? It's two a days in August. You don't jump on the field in September without going through August. So, but guess what? Just know this is where you're going. I used to tease people and people get, I, I, thought, that, I thought they were playing, but they were very scared when I used to say stuff like this. Because I believe it. I said, I got to go to Rome. I said, I remember a brother used to go to church. I said, brother, you going to go with me? I need somebody to wash my bag. I'm, a, I'm going up into the, into the Vatican. Because he said, I'm going to use me as a light. I can't think of a more dark place than the Vatican. And I just said, man, the brother, that's certain death. Well, hey, at least we'll go out with being the light. I said, man, what you scared about? Don't be afraid. God sent you to the bag. Are you going? Yes. But Nelson, I know you're going. Huh? <laughs> but think about it. If God sent you where he wanted you to go, don't you think he's going with you? Amen. Battle axe, weapons of war. So we okay? We see what the light is, whose light it is, what our job is as the light. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians and, and, and we get out of here in just a second. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want you to understand, while you're being used in this fashion, you might have a little tribute, I mean, turbulence. You might have a little problem. You might suffer some persecution. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, you might sing this song to yourself when you're standing before kings, when you're breaking up nations. Verse uh, 8 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we are troubled on every side. Yet, not distressed. Amen? We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. See, sing that song. We sing that song often, don't we, Sister Shaw? We sing it. Why? Because it's real. 
Keep reminding yourself, hey, I'm troubled on every side, but what? I'm not distressed about it. I'm perplexed, but not, I'm not desperate. I'm not in despair. I know God is with me. Persecuted, but I know one thing. I'm not forsaken. I'm going through something right now, but he never gave up on me. He has never left my side. He said, I'm cast down. I'm cast out of the world. They don't want me anymore. But what? I'm not destroyed. Remember that when you are standing as the light. Because sometimes you're going to need that scripture in your heart. You're going to need it in your mind. It's going to have to be part of your makeup. Say, Lord, I, I'm troubled on every side. Because he promised trouble will be on your left and trouble will be on your right. But he said, what? Hey, don't be distressed. I'm with you. Last scripture is 1 Thessalonians. Because we're living in gross darkness, people. And you're going to be this marvelous light. And he is the light. He's making you his light. And we're going to glorify the God. See, this is what this is all about. Our lives are dedicated to glorifying the Father. No matter what your vocation may be, glorify the Father. And if you would put that in your mind this morning, that everything you do is to glorify the Father, a whole lot of things will change in your life, won't it? That's so sad. There needs to be more light in here. And I look around and I see those who aren't here, who God really wants to use as light. They can't fight it. We're going to have to pray. I believe in intercessory prayer. I believe that prayer got you here today. And we need to pray for our brothers and sisters who can't get this light because they've been chosen to get it. We have to pray for them. I mean, earnestly thirst after them. When at 99 were in the pasture, didn't he leave to get the one? Mm -hmm. Look around. You see a bunch of ones that aren't here today. You see a bunch of ones that might be on the call today but should be here. You see a bunch of ones that used to be on the call but they're doing something else. We got to go get them. Amen. We got to go get them. At least let them curse you out and take get out of my face. Mm -hmm. Then you weep for them. Not because you're holy. It's because he's holy. Not because you're righteous but he is righteous. And you're trying to get them to see the righteousness of Christ. We got to go get them, people. Amen? First Thessalonians chapter 5. Because this is the state that we live in now. He said, verse 3, For when they shall say peace and safety. Did they just say that this week? <laughs> Everything's going to be all right. Unemployment is at an all-time low. I still don't believe. I can't conceive how people can believe that statement as if they're telling you the truth. All they're saying is unemployment, people receiving unemployment benefits are at an all-time low. They didn't get a job. They just ran out of benefits. Oh, unemployment's at an all-time low. Oh, the, the stock market's at an all-time high. Both lies. 
gas, ooh, gas prices dropped a dollar in the last. You better be careful about that gas price. Oh, you think it's because of the goodness of their heart they dropping the gas price? It's a setup. Be careful. But God says, they say in peace and safety, what's going to happen? Sudden destruction cometh upon who? Them. That's a big word, people. Them. Why? As travail upon a woman with, with child, and they shall not escape, but ye, brethren. I don't know, okay. Amen. I'll say amen. But ye, brethren, ye light. He said, but ye, brethren, are not in where? Darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. There's no way you should be deceived about what time you're living in. It's not going to overtake you. Ye are all children of what? Light. And who's the light? Jesus. Jesus is not going to let anything sneak up on you. Something not as big as destruction of the earth. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I let that slip. My bad. God says, you're not going to be like, ye are my children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. See, when we, we found out what children of light do and what children of darkness do, can you claim light this morning? Because we're going to stop this darkness, aren't huh? He said, this darkness keeps you ignorant of what's really happening. This darkness keeps you from the salvation of your soul. It keeps you from the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm taking you out of that darkness and bringing you into my light. Therefore, verse 6, let us not sleep as do others, but let us what? Watch and be sober. What wine are we talking about here? The wine of Babylon. This doctrine of devils that we've been soaking up all these years. Politics has a doctrine of devils. Churches have a doctrine of devils. Anybody tell you that there's another Jesus? That's a doctrine of devil. Anybody tell you there is no Jesus? That's a doctrine of a devil. Amen? Anybody tell you that Jesus was anything but what God said he was in his word? Is a doctrine of devil. If any, anything that comes at you and says, don't worry, you are under grace, is a doctrine of devil. You are under grace, but not as they define it. Please understand that, because I forget, we are talking to more than just us. We are under grace. Thank God for grace. If not for grace, we wouldn't be here. But not the way they define it. Grace is not a license to sin. Please understand that. Grace is an opportunity to live righteously. Amen. 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 Lord, help us. Don't be drunk on this doctrine, this wine that's coming out here. And it's going to get thicker and stronger. Because everywhere you look, there's a doctrine coming at you that's not Jesus. We understand that? What did you watch on television this week? What kind of doctrine was that? What about the radio? What kind of doctrine was that? What, 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 at the movie, anybody go see a movie this week? I'm not, I'm not raising my hand, oh no. I'm not blaming you for watching a movie. I'm just telling you that this doctrine that's anti-Christ is here. Stop looking for this one guy to show up and be the anti-Christ. You won't make it that far. What about the spirit of the anti-Christ is already here that's causing us to miss the kingdom? He said, look, be sober. 
For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So don't fret the darkness. We are the light. Don't be afraid of the darkness when you're the light. When you walk outside, no, or, or you walk around your house at night and you turn the light on, are you in darkness anymore? You're not afraid anymore, are you? When you're a little child, mommy, can I sleep with the what on? Why? You're afraid of the dark. Be the light. You never have darkness around you. You walk around and you light up the place where you are. Oh, if we could see the spirit world. When you come in, the demons just, just, just go everywhere. Because why? Light just came in. Okay, that's a little, a little intense. I'm sorry. You've seen it in movies. Why can't you believe it? Oh, you've seen those vampire Dracula stupid movies? Oh, man, that, that, ooh, ooh. Oh, when you're the light, you'll start seeing things. You'll start seeing chariots of fire around the mountains. You start seeing the war that's going on over your head. And you'll know one thing, you'll rejoice because your God told you so. And your God has made you the light. Let us be the light today. Let us ask him to clean us up out of the darkness. And also, part of that is, let us try to teach light from now on. Let us try to walk light from now on. Let us try to help people who are in darkness, but help them with the what? The breastplate of faith and what? Love. Amen. Because that's where the power comes from. We need power over the darkness. And he's trying to make you his marvelous light. Will you let him today? Yes. Will you let him make you light? Yes. Count the cost. It's going to require everything. Did the father hold anything back? He gave his only begotten. He bankrupt heaven so we might have this day to day. Bankrupt your life. Give it all to him. Everything. Teach, ask him how to be merciful. Ask him how to be poor in spirit. Ask him how to be meek. And watch that light start shining in you. And guess what? Be, you'll be drawn... Other light bearers will be drawn to you. You know what's, what's kind of interesting? Oh, man, it's time to go. That, you know, that big, that, that, that big stuff most people like to talk about, the Illuminati? You know what that means? It's the light bearers. Satan is such a counterfeit. He's such a punk. He, he can't come up with nothing original. He said, I'm, he'd be transformed into an angel of light. Why? Because there was one already. His light bearers. Why do they call him that? Because God has his light bearers. All right, we'll stop getting on that. Any questions? Let's have a word of prayer.